Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about fibroids and you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash fibroids or in the gynecology section of the Zero to Finals OBS and Gyne book. So let's get straight into it. Fibroids are benign tumours of the smooth muscle of the uterus. They are also called uterine leomyomas and they're very common affecting 40-60% to of women in the later reproductive years and are more common in black women compared to other ethnic groups. Fibroids are oestrogen sensitive, meaning that they grow in response to oestrogen. Let's talk about the different types of fibroids. Intramural means within the myometrium, the muscle of the uterus. As these types of fibroids grow, they change the shape and distort the structure of the uterus. Subserosal means just below the outer layer of the uterus, and these fibroids grow outwards and can become very large, filling the abdominal cavity. Submucosal means just below the lining of the uterus, below the endometrium. And pedunculated means on a stalk. So these are the four main types of fibroids. Intramural, subserosal, submucosal and pedunculated fibroids. Let's talk about the presentation. Fibroids are often asymptomatic. They can also present in several ways. Heavy menstrual bleeding or menorrhagia is the most frequent presenting symptom of fibroids. They can also have prolonged menstruation lasting more than 7 days, abdominal pain worse on menstruation, bloating or feeling full in the abdomen, urinary or bowel symptoms due to the pelvic pressure or fullness, deep dyspareunia which is pain during intercourse, and also reduced fertility. Performing an abdominal and bimanual examination may reveal a palpable pelvic mass or an enlarged, firm and non-tender uterus. Next let's talk about the investigations you would perform in somebody with suspected fibroids. A hysteroscopy is the initial investigation for submucosal fibroids which are presenting with heavy menstrual bleeding. A pelvic ultrasound is the initial investigation of choice for larger fibroids and MRI scanning may be considered before surgical options where more information is needed about the size, shape and blood supply of the fibroids. But an MRI scan is not part of the routine workup for fibroids. Next let's talk about the management of fibroids. The NICE guidelines on fibroids are included within the Heavy Menstrual Bleeding Guideline from 2018. For fibroids that are less than 3cm in size, the medical management is the same as with heavy menstrual bleeding. And this involves the Mirena coil, which is first line and can be used in fibroids that are less than 3cm without any distortion of the uterus. Symptomatic management may be tried with non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like mefenamic acid and tranexamic acid. Other options are the combined oral contraceptive pill and cyclical oral progestogens. Surgical options for managing smaller fibroids with heavy menstrual bleeding are endometrial ablation, 
resection of submucosal fibroids during a hysteroscopy procedure and hysterectomy. For fibroids that are more than 3 cm, women need referral to gynaecology for investigation and management. Medical options are symptomatic management with NSAIDs and tranexamic acid, the Mirena coil depending on the size and the shape of the fibroids and the uterus, the combined oral contraceptive pill and cyclical oral progestogens. Surgical options for larger fibroids are uterine artery embolization, which we'll talk about shortly, myomectomy, which we'll also talk about shortly, and hysterectomy. GnRH agonists such as guzarelin with a trade name Zolodex or luprorelin with a trade name Prostap may be used to reduce the size of the fibroids before surgery. These work by inducing a menopause-like state and reducing the amount of estrogen maintaining the fibroid. Without estrogen, the fibroid will shrink. Usually, GnRH agonists are only used short-term, for example, to shrink the fibroid before the patient has a myomectomy procedure. Let's talk in more detail about uterine artery embolization. Uterine artery embolization is a surgical option for larger fibroids, which is performed by an interventional radiologist. The radiologist inserts a catheter into an artery, usually the femoral artery, and this catheter is passed through to the uterine artery under x-ray guidance. Once the catheter is in the correct place, particles are injected that cause a blockage in the arterial supply that is going to the fibroid and this starves the fibroid of oxygen and causes the fibroid to shrink. Next, let's talk in more detail about the surgical options for larger fibroids. Myomectomy involves surgically removing the fibroid via laparoscopic or keyhole surgery or by open surgery, which is called a laparotomy. Myomectomy is the only treatment known to potentially improve fertility in patients who have fibroids. Endometrial ablation can be used to destroy the endometrium. Second generation non-hysteroscopic techniques are used such as balloon thermal ablation which involves inserting a specially designed balloon into the endometrial cavity and filling it with high temperature fluid that burns the endometrial lining of the uterus. Finally, hysterectomy involves removing the uterus and the fibroids. And hysterectomy may be performed laparoscopically, by laparotomy, or by a vaginal approach. The ovaries may be removed or left depending on the patient's preference, their individual risks and the benefits. Let's talk about the potential complications of fibroids. And these include heavy menstrual bleeding, often which causes iron deficiency anemia, reduced fertility, pregnancy complications such as miscarriages, premature labour and obstructed delivery, constipation, urinary outflow obstruction and urinary tract infections, if the fibroid is pressing on the urethra and preventing urine from flowing from the bladder outwards, Red degeneration of the fibroid, which we'll talk more about shortly. 
torsion of the fibroid, which usually occurs in pedunculated fibroids, where the stalk becomes twisted. And in very rare cases, less than 1%, there can be malignant change into a leomyosarcoma. Finally, let's talk about red degeneration of fibroids. Red degeneration refers to ischemia, infarction and necrosis of the fibroid due to a disrupted blood supply. Red degeneration is more likely to occur with larger fibroids above 5 cm during the second and third trimester of pregnancy. Red degeneration may occur as the fibroid rapidly enlarges during pregnancy, outgrowing its blood supply and becoming ischemic. It may also occur due to kinking in the blood vessels as the uterus changes shape and expands during pregnancy. Red degeneration of fibroids presents with severe abdominal pain, a low-grade fever, tachycardia and often vomiting. And management is supportive with rest, fluids and analgesia. A quick Tom tip for you. Look out for the pregnant woman with a history of fibroids presenting with severe abdominal pain and low-grade fever in your exams. The diagnosis is likely to be red degeneration of a fibroid. So thanks for listening to this episode on fibroids. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode which will be on endometriosis.